everyone. Welcome back to my solo road. My name is Sydney and I'm sitting across from my lovely parents who I have had on the podcast before, this time to talk about something quite different than last time. But first, I want to give a quick rundown of the quarantine status because I've been doing that every week. I'm currently in Portland where I have an uncle on my dad's side. So him and my father and my mother flew out to Portland to visit me because I haven't seen them since Christmas, which is probably the longest I've ever gone without seeing my parents. So they came out here and it kind of was convenient because we have other family here as well. So we could kind of all get together and see each other. So sweet. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. (laughs) They talk at the exact same time. It's going just as well as it did last time. Mom, how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. Perfect. Father? I've been better. Oh, no. <laughs> love that. No, we're having a great time. It's, we're happy. We'd love seeing you. And yeah, we're doing great. Yeah. It's kind of weird uh, right now to fly. So it was obviously kind of a different experience for them. But at least for them on their flight, it was very clean, they said. Like, everybody was being very conscious of it. It's kind of starting to be that time where I think travel is slightly more acceptable. We're, like, moving forward, progressing in that way. I know that the flight required face masks, right? Yes, the entire time. What else? Was there anything that else that was like potentially different than a typical flight? They have no f- service. So there's no drinks. There's no mm. anything like that. The second flight, they gave us a bottle of water when you got on the plane. But other than that, it was in large part the same. The airports are... Almost uh, empty. Yeah, they're, they're empty and nothing's open. So, and, you know, it was kind of a pain. And just to sit there with everybody with masks on, it's just not the world we're used to. Right. What was the one company you said had it all figured out at the airport? McDonald's. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, yeah. We go there and they're in the food court. There's not a single restaurant open except for McDonald's. There's a line. Everybody that is in the airport is in line at McDonald's or for to get on their plane. And yeah, they have it figured out. Their workers are safe. They're serving customers and making money and doing what they do. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, love that for McDonald's. Don't know the last time we ever had McDonald's, but no, love that for... It's been a long time for us, but I mean, they're, they set the standard business-wise. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'd probably get a coffee there right. if I was at the airport. Anyways, okay, so coming out of the episode with Lee where we talked about the breakup and kind of where things went wrong. If you've listened to that episode, I think you know how honest and real we tried to be throughout the entire episode. I kind of think it'd be interesting to hear a perspective from my parents who have been married for 30 years this October. I mean, I've heard stories throughout my life of them meeting and what, like, you know, various things throughout their relationship, but I thought it would be interesting coming out of a episode where things obviously didn't work out at the time, regardless of where things go, to hear from two people who have been together for such a long time, how they've made it work. And I think... Two things that fascinate me about your guys' relationship is, one, mom and I are very similar human beings. I, for a long time, I think until I realized that, thought that my personality type was just not fit for relationships. Like, I, my mom- Thank you. (laughs) No, but no, what I'm saying is I didn't make the correlation that I was like you. Had I known that at an earlier age, I would have realized, oh no, they're making it work. But I'm just saying, I thought I was- Like, I don't like physical touch. I'm not a romantic type of person. And so I just always thought, oh, that's what a partner is going to want any partner and in any partnership. So I probably will just not fit the bill for anyone. So I think that's interesting. And just to hear, I mean, I would like to hear what you have to say about that. And then secondly, my parents have a very realistic 
relationship. Although they've been married for 30 years, there's not like, I mean, there's been, I'm sure some romance and whatever, but like, I, I mean, we'll get into all of the details, but how you met, how you got engaged, these are like random things where these days, social media paints such a glamorous picture of all of the, it has to be this elaborate thing. And like relationships have to be so perfect. And so all of these different, you know what I mean? Like they're so built up right. and I like knowing that it doesn't have to be that way. And having that example be so close to home for me, it's so easy to get caught up on just videos while scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and just you want the things that you see and to know that that's not always how it is. Um, like that's just one moment in a person's life. That's not the whole picture of their relationship. I think is a very important conversation. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree completely. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I think like to draw a parallel would be, I mean, we, we spent today cleaning your van. Right. Just needed a van. I mean, it just needs, so a lot of your Instagram followers or whatever you call them fans or, you know, they, they see you. They're like, my friends. They seem a kind of a glamorous lifestyle. But the right. fact is, we just cleaned six weeks of dog hair and sand out of your van. And, I mean, it's kind of a similar analogy. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that we do and a lot of stuff we post on social media. But, I mean, there's been a lot of just, I don't know, gritty, just real life. Between right. It. The other thing I'll say, too, is like a lot of the romance and that other kind of stuff is probably something you and your sister really never saw much of. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, that is a perfect comparison to just my life and fan life and all of that, which I do my best to show the realities of it. But, I mean, how much of – I mean, when you're pulling dog hair out of your seats, it's just like my first instinct isn't like, I should definitely be storying this. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like When you're watching a beautiful waterfall by yourself, you're like, I kind of want people to see this because it's like you want to share that moment with someone. I don't exactly – not because I want to keep it from anyone, but like it just doesn't come to front of mind when I'm like, oh, I bet everybody would want to see this, you right. know? And we're right. just when like your dirty clothes and sweaty hair, and you're trying to clean and right dig all that. That's yeah. And I mean, your first thought isn't, I want to show everybody how nasty this is, right? <laughs> you're just trying to get the job done. Exactly. No, that's exactly what it is. Okay, so I want everybody to grab their drink. It's actually 9 p.m. right now, and I'm drinking cold brew because I'm very tired, and I had wine with dinner, so I was, like, starting to be on the decline. <laughs> so <laughs> I needed to bring myself back up for this. So, yeah, everybody grab your drink. My parents will as well. My mom has water yet again, round two, with uh, <laughs> hydration. Dad's going to get something. I'll make him. And, uh, yeah, I'll be drinking Stumptown cold brew, and we will be right back. Okay, we were going to jump right in at the beginning of this fantastic love story. How did you meet? We met like everyone's supposed to. We met in a bar. Okay, <laughs> that's what you do. What was the name of the bar? The Vu. The Vu. Mm-hmm. Where was the bar? North side of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And how old were we? 24? 25? No. Well, it had to yeah, be. I think 23 or 24. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true when we first met. Yeah. So here's the story. Okay. I was... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was just a nothing. I had zero money, zero aspirations, <laughs> zero. I was just, I mean, I really was kind of in a dead end, headed in a bad direction. I had no direction. But, I mean, I wasn't really, I had nothing to really do. And I had no reason to get up every morning and do anything other than what <laughs> yeah. I was doing was. He had was, a lot to offer is what he's saying. It's yeah. insane how quiet that is and how insane it spikes when you talk. <laughs> I mean, this is actual proof of how loud you are. And you are just like me. I love that. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Continue. I'm sorry. Is that all going to be edited out? Not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll see the final product. Yeah. So anyway, me and a friend would go to The Vu every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. 
if we were really desperate, we'd go Wednesday and Sunday too. But those three nights, it was just kind of a happening place too. There was a long line to get in every week. It was just one of those bars that kind of catches fire and just for a couple of years, it's just really, really popular. So that's what we were doing. And we had our kind of like a usual perch where I would walk in. I mean, we were two, we were the guys too. If there was a long line to get in, we didn't have to wait. We were regulars. We would just go right to the front of the door and the bouncer would like, you know, motion us in and we'd go in and the DJ would say our names over the loudspeaker like, hey, good to see you guys are here. Oh my God. Yeah. It was that, it was that ridiculous. I and, had to wait in line. Yeah. So. Until we met. You're <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So, and by, I mean, that doesn't mean I was anybody. I was just, I was just a regular at the bar. Trust me. It sakes. does not mean you were. <laughs> right. So, I mean, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we'd spend all our money, and then we'd just skate by until we got paid again, and we had, could afford to go back out to the bars. Anyway, one night, and it's crowded. This place is packed every Thursday, Friday. You can't hardly move. And, and I went in with a friend of mine every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And she and I, once we stood in line and waited to get in, because they didn't know us so well, we would make our way to the bar and pretty much stay there the rest of the night. Would you get drinks for free? A lot of times, yes, because it was so packed that people were handing their money to us to pay the bartender because they couldn't reach the bartender. And they would tell us, oh, you go ahead and keep the change or get yourself a drink, too. Mm. So sometimes we went home with more money than we came with. That's so fantastic. It was kind of nice. Go I married. That's the best tip of the day. Yeah, a good side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> and that was before side hustles were yeah. a thing. <laughs> so anyway, the, the story goes, one night I'm at the one end of the bar getting a drink and I look up and like just through the crowd of people, for whatever reason, your mama's face just kind of flashed, you know, like she either leaned up and somebody leaned back or, or vice versa. And I just caught a glimpse of her for the first time. And I just thought, damn, that, that girl is really, really good looking, you know. And so that was really about it. I remember asking my, or hearing my, uh, my buddy car having him there and saying, dude, did you, you see this girl at the end of the bar? And he's like, no. And I was like, good God, she is, she is really, really pretty. So time goes on. I mean, we see her at the bar every once in a while. I don't feel like you guys were there every Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the first. I mean, we'd see you there occasionally. So anyway, I felt like we were there a lot, but, but your mom just know. had a look or whatever that was really, really attracted to me. So we started calling your mom cocaine because I would tell Kai, I was like, Dude, that girl is flat, you know, cocaine. If I ever talk to her one time, I will be done. I'll be hooked. So don't ever let me talk to her. And he was like, you know, fine. Because again, even though we didn't have any money, we were, it was a pretty good time of life. I mean, we were having a good time. Uh -huh. So, and I didn't want that to end. Not that it would if I started talking to her. <laughs> but some time goes by. I don't even know how long it is. But a few months, maybe. And her friend, who I did not know at the time, came up and she's like, hey, my friend wants to talk to you. And I had no idea who she was talking about. I was like, oh, really? Well, who's your friend? Point her out to me. And she points to cocaine here. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. I have no desire to talk to her. And she was like, oh, come on. You know, she wants to talk to you. And I was like, uh, no, nah, I'm good. And so she turns to walk away. And I was like, well, hold on for a second. I go, what's her name? She said her name's Sharon. Well, I had just broken up with a longtime girlfriend who also was named Sharon. I was like, oh, for God's sakes, of course her name's Sharon. You know, what else would it be? So I was like, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll say hi to her, you know. And I was right. All along. <laughs> 30 years later, 30, here yeah. we are. I mean, I, we, talked, we, are. we talked that night, and I, I, like I always say, I've been addicted ever since. Wow. So. <laughs> you must be quite the conversationalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's true, though. 
I think it was the big rabid hair and the blue eyeshadow. Uh, I miss it. And- <laughs> I miss the big hair. Oh, I'm definitely going to post the photo of you guys at the Vu <laughs> together once you had met. It's a fantastic picture. Okay. You were engaged, mother, when you met him. No. I had a boyfriend, but I was not engaged. I was engaged to... Didn't you have a ring? No. That was before that guy. I was engaged, but I was in high school when I was engaged. (laughs) You didn't know your mom was Amish, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you were engaged. That didn't work. Don't care. But then you were with a guy for how many years? Six. And then... Okay. So six years. Mm -hmm. What happened? So you're with this person for six years. You meet dad and question mark. I just started talking to your dad and... Because I'm, you, I'm sorry, you initiated your friend to go talk to a guy while you were in a relationship. I didn't say I was the best girlfriend, but I would talk to your dad and we would have hour long conversations. And the guy that I was dating at the time, it was kind of one of those things. He was from my hometown. We just kind of dated and it was just like, we just kept dating because it was almost like the thing to do. But we never had any kind of in-depth conversations. We never talked about a future. We never talked about any of that kind of stuff. And I just started realizing that it was pretty much going nowhere. And after I met your dad and we got along so well and I could talk to him about anything, I was like, this is what I want in life. Mm -hmm. So do we go through the whole, you were going to move away part? Yeah, you can get a little bit of it. Just get to the point where I told you to lose the guy. (laughs) I started a new job and on Memorial Day, ironically, since it's tomorrow, on that Memorial Day, I was going to St. Louis for six weeks and your dad was supposed to move to Florida to live with his mom. So I didn't think I was ever going to see him again. I was just like, okay. And we were saying goodbye and he tells me that he thinks he's in love with me. And I'm like, okay, now what? I'm never going to see you again. I leave. I think he leaves because I have no idea. And he called me and said he decided to stay. I came home, broke up with my boyfriend, and we've been, he moved, your dad moved in with me when I came back from St. Louis. <laughs> and we've been together ever since. You don't regret moving in so quickly at all? Do you think that was like the right move for the two of you? I mean, 30, uh, 30 years later. So I would say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would would say. I want you to do it? No. <laughs> exactly. Would I want your sister to do it? No. But yeah, I mean, for us, I mean, it was the right move. I'll be honest with you, I didn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what it was. He was he, being... He had no... He didn't have... I wasn't really being kicked out. The, the buddy that I told you I was with at the bar, Kyle, <laughs> uh-huh. he met his wife, Melissa, at the same bar within real short time weeks. of us meeting, within a few weeks. And so he wanted her to move in with him. And so it was just kind of a, hey, bud, I mean, Melissa's moving in with me and you kind of need to find a place to live. And right. which is fine because I was like, well, it all just worked out. I mean, the timing actually really worked out. Yeah. And I, we were just talking about this the other night. I had two trash bags full of clothes. So I'm cleaning some dirty when I moved <laughs> in. And, and that's just it. I mean, I I showed up and... He was really good looking. Was? Apparently. Was? was it, you are. Okay. But I met at the time, I was just like, so... I didn't care about the fact that he didn't have anything really for a job. And he... I was looking. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Okay, so you guys meet. You're now moved in. Give us the timeline briefly <laughs> of, I'm kidding, go as long as you want. Getting married, having Casey, and then having me. Well, yeah, go ahead. We moved in. We probably lived together for about a year, maybe, for a year. You're 24, so you guys got married at 25. I think so. It was right in there. I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah. 
I think we got married about a year later in October. And then the next spring, I was pregnant with Casey. She was born in December. And three and a half years later, there you were. So you were 27 when you had Casey and then you were 30 30 when I had you. Yeah. But here's the thing that, you know, I don't know if your listeners are how much interested they are in a lot of this, but I think your your mom came from a small town. I came from Indianapolis. I mean, we're pretty different at that part of our lives. Very different. But we had one thing in common that we what we wanted was a family. I mean, we just, we both, I don't think either one of us were happy with the way we grew up with our childhoods. And so the one thing we wanted, the one commonality we had was we wanted to have a healthy, normal, loving family. Happy family. Period. Well, you both were like striving for just normality. Like you just wanted it to be normal. Both of my parents, they're not going very much in depth and we don't have to, but like you guys both grew up in very not great circumstances. Just Mine was just flat out dysfunctional. Mine wasn't bad, but I never, I mean, my parents split up when I was in high school. And prior to that, I mean, we, I mean, we went on vacations when I was a kid and things seemed to be okay. I just never really realized that you were supposed to be super close and loving and touchy and that kind of thing. Cause that just didn't happen with my parents. Right. So I just loved that we had a relationship that we literally could talk about anything and everything and talk for hours. We wanted kids that we were close to that knew how much we loved them. And we did. We just wanted a happy, healthy, normal family. I think we wanted to be good parents. Right. I mean, I mean a big part of our attraction to each other was that we wanted to be good parents. And, yeah, you know, I mean, that was kind of the common goal. Still is, honestly. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So earlier, the love story of a lifetime starts at a bar, continues mm-hmm. when you mistakenly propose. And I would love to know more about that. <laughs> It, well, I'd gotten hired at the fire department, so, you know. Now you got a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole thing, a whole paycheck coming. But, and that was the thing. And, I, you know, your mom's a big part of this, too, is I had no, I told you earlier, I had no real reason to get up or what. I just didn't have a reason to achieve things at that point. And once I met your mom, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. I had plenty of partying. I'd had plenty of good times. And now I was ready to, to get a job, the right job, and, you know, start being the, the person I wanted to be. So I wanted to be either a cop or a firefighter. And, you know, the fire department where I used to live was hiring. So I went back there and we got, uh, I got hired. And so I was in class. So once we got a job, you know, we knew we were getting married. I think we'd set a date. No, we didn't have a date and we weren't engaged, but we knew we wanted to get married. This was in the spring, early spring. Late winter. Yeah, winter going into spring. We had already talked about getting married. I think, yeah, maybe we talked about, like, we wanted to get married that fall. So I was already thinking, okay, this is pretty quick. And I knew I didn't want a long engagement anyway, because that's just not me. So I was already kind of making plans and starting wedding plans. And then I got a little frustrated because I was like, I'm pretty sure he has a ring already. I feel weird making all these wedding plans. I'm not even engaged. Like, that's not usually the steps people take. <laughs> right. So what was slowing you down? I wanted to propose at the 500. Oh, Indy 500, for those that don't know. Which today is, as we record this, today's race day. Right. but We, sh- it, we should be, you know, at the race today. We should be in Indianapolis. You should be there instead of us here. Or we should have been at the race. Right. But it is a very large amount of people, and therefore coronavirus shut that down. And a long family tradition. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been in my family since my dad was very young and was taken there by his dad. So it is like, I mean, it is a day that we have a whole line of tradition from the moment we open our eyes until the very end of the day. Yeah. I mean, it is full. It is probably the most traditional thing that we have in our family. And it wasn't our first date, but it was kind of our last date before you thought you were moving. Right. And so, yeah, I just thought it'd be kind of cool. We knew we were getting married. To me, it was just giving her the ring. And then I would have been out of class. I would have been out of the academy and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm leaving to go to, to class one day. And your mom, I picture clearly ironing something at the ironing board in our little nasty apartment. And I think she's in just This is literally you. This is, you'll think, oh, my gosh, that's so me. I think your hair is in curlers. It wasn't. You know, I've I never know, used you curlers that, in my life. She, I, maybe you're in, I don't know. <laughs> but she's just standing there ironing. And I'm leaving. And she was like, I know you have a ring. Why don't you just give it to me? And I was like, well. <laughs> I, fine. So I just got down on me and I was like, here, will you marry me? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, great. I got to go to the class. <laughs> and we so literally I both went to work. Walked out the door. I had, to, I had to leave. I mean, when you're in class, you can't be late. That's, you know, I'd have run laps until I was 50. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I gave her the ring. It was over. Romance from the start. Yeah. I mean, did that upset you at all? Yeah. Because I knew, I I know this kind of stuff. I see that, this, I, yeah, because now we have, that's the, our story. Right. Forever. Forever. That's over. That part's gone. And we can never redo that. And someday we're going to have a daughter who has a podcast. She's going to ask us this. <laughs> and that's what I got to tell her. But, it's, <laughs> but that's kind of funny. and just. But we've all just heard the stories of like being on the stadium, the whole screen. Yeah. So it's like, how many of these do you get? Ironing? You know? Right. 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 Classic. And I went, I went to work that day, the whole way there, looking at my finger, going, look what I got, look what I got. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not materialistic at all. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're married. You've proposed. We're all, your timeline over. We're good. I want to know more into the marriage, how you guys have made it work, and kind of into the more nitty gritty of things. What do you think the most trying time during your marriage has ever been? And whether you've discussed it or not, the realistic way that you each perceived getting through it. I'll let you want to answer. Well, I want both of you to answer. No, both. but I'll try to go first. That's fine. I'm trying to think of what... Like having your first kid. trying time. Oh, no. Having no, your second kid. Having... Honestly, the kids was never the most trying time. I don't think. I would say one of the things that I definitely think of was... Because your dad was a fireman. And he went to work every third day. And every third day, I had my own day. I mean, I went to work. I would get you guys up, get you ready, take you to daycare, whatever, go to work, come home. And I kind of had my own little thing going on and put you guys to bed. And I had a little bit of free time that was just my own. And I'm very much, Sydney is just like me. We like our own time and our own quiet time. And it just worked. It worked really well. And your dad took a job in the office for the fire department and started working Monday through Friday, eight to five. And it was really difficult for both of us because it was a big change for him. It was a big change for me. It was a change for him to be home every night. And just it just made our balance different. And it just took us a while to kind of figure out how to navigate through that. So do you think that's kind of how you got through it was just like sticking with it, not getting too frustrated and just allowing time to run its course in the transition? Or do you think that you guys communicated about it? Was there a conversation had? About that? I don't remember. I don't remember us like sitting down having a major conversation. But I mean, I'm sure through time we kind of, you know, 
didn't have this major discussion about it, but just was like, okay, you know, we got to somehow get on track or figure out how to do this because it was just different. Right. And, but I mean, even, even in the most trying times or even anytime we've ever like disagreed on something or we rarely have trying to even remember any kind of full-blown argument, but we would disagree. The thought of splitting up, like just never, like that's what has never been an option. It's like with all the people now who think, oh, I don't get along with them anymore. We'll just get divorced. We just never, that's like I said, it's just never been an option. Like we, it's never been part of a discussion ever, Mm -hmm. but Do you think during that time, having a sit down conversation would be beneficial at all? Like, do you think that you might have been able to get out of that mindset faster? Like a family talk? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We had thousands of family talks. I can tell you right now that we had more family talks at that table than we ever did the uh, dinners. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, our family talks always involved you guys, though. I mean, right. I mean, dad had his list usually written on a napkin of what he wanted to say. Right. Well, I mean, I think that that's the best thing. way to get stuff out in the open is right. to not but, let it fester and we, think, but yeah, you got to talk about it. But that's what I was going to ask is that during that time when you were at least were feeling frustrated, do you think, because you just said you didn't have a conversation, which is, I, you obviously got through it. So I'm not saying that there right. was anything wrong with it, but do you think that it would have been easier for you for other people in that circumstance? Would you recommend having a conversation or do you think that time should run its course and both of you just need to adjust to the new I mean, because naturally in any relationship, it's things are going to evolve and it evolved into that for a period of time. Right. And so there was going to be an adjustment period. Do you think that you should just be patient and allow that to happen? Or do you think that having a conversation with him, just the two of you, would have helped in any way? Probably if had we sat down early in all of that, maybe we would have navigated through it quicker. Mm-hmm. That's, but, well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it probably would have helped. But Obviously, he doesn't think that that was like a big trying time for us. I mean, I'm not, and I'm just not one to typically bring up stuff that much. I just try to deal with it and just try to figure out how to make it work. Right. And that, but that's okay. But that's, I'm trying to kind of dig a little bit deeper here. And so I want you to admit that. And I want you to also speak on, do you think that that's the right way to be? Do you think it's a better way to be? No, I don't. I don't think it's the, the best way to be. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how I am. Right. It's very difficult for me to to sit down and say, okay, you know what? This is really bothering me. Da, 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 da. I tend to be more where I let it bother me, let it bother me, let it bother me. And then I just get mad. Right. Because I'm, and then I'm more passive aggressive about it. Right. And I'm the exact same way though. Right. And I guess I am passive aggressive, but I, I get very, Because I want to not just make the other person happy, but I just like don't want confrontation. I don't want them to be uncomfortable in that moment. So I just don't speak up. And then as time goes on, it ends up a million other things happen because I'm feeling some kind of way. And then it obviously just like festers and then becomes a much bigger ordeal than it ever should have been. Like I'm not good at telling a partner, specifically Lee, like I need alone time right now. Instead, I get to the point where I'm like, don't touch me. Don't come near me. I just need, I need alone time for the next week. And he's like, okay, where has that been? And I'm like, I've needed alone time for weeks. And he's like, okay, should have told me that the moment you thought it. And then we wouldn't be in this situation where like the sight of me is annoying you. (laughs) And it's true. And it is, you're exactly right. And it is so much better to, that's 
why I love that you are involved with BetterHelp, because I think that is a huge help. Mm -hmm. Had I had something like that or knew about something like that, to have those kind of steps or just even for somebody to tell me, you know what, maybe you should talk about this sooner or not wait until you get so angry about it or whatever would be more beneficial. But I just didn't. I mean, and I didn't have parents to talk. I mean, I had parents, but I mean, I didn't have anybody because that's not how my family was. If you were mad or you didn't like something, you're just not supposed to say anything and everybody pretend they all get along. So that's how I learned how to be. And I mean, that's not necessarily the best way, but that's just what I knew. So what do you think was the most trying? Hey, who's doing this podcast? You or her? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Host. Sean, who do you think? (laughs) Well, I think there's a couple things. And now I've had a minute to think about it. It's a little easier for me. But one is I would say when you're new in a relationship, like a couple years, year or two, you know, we're married or whatever. And I think it's more the men want to keep their old life and have the new life. And you can't do that. It does not work. And at some point you're going to get told Hey, this isn't working. And so, but for me, it was sports. It was basketball and softball and an occasional going out, you know, drinking a little bit. Not much. We just, you know, being with the guys when I had two babies at home. And I just took for granted when I was home, everything seemed to be taken care of. And I wasn't mature enough at that point in my life to realize that somebody was doing it, that it was actually getting done. And it wasn't easy either. It was hard. There was just so, always dishes when he needed to eat. You know what I mean? He there was, was like, always yeah. there was just silverware already in the thing. And always it's, clean it's crazy to be to be the you know fifty five now and look back. How what the hell do you think was going on? But it was but you know and I've looked back well before now. Right. But then the other thing and the more serious thing is is you know they call it the seven year itch or whatever. But you kind of get just bored with each other. It's like this is it. I mean every day is like Groundhog Day. Every day is the same. We got to get up, we got to get the girls ready for school, they go to school, we come home. I mean, and you just get bored and you've got to fight through that and, and, you know, uh, talk. You know, I'm a talker. I do want to talk. I do want to, what's going on? Why are you acting mad today? Or what have I done? Here's what you did. And, you know, your mom is being, I don't know, she's being intentionally polite or whatever. But we went to counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, we had marriage counseling for, I don't know, it wasn't a whole, not a long time. We maybe went to right. five or six sessions. But we did but if, we needed because I mean, if, we should have. Well, and I was thinking when we went, we really weren't having major any kind of major issue. We were just trying to be better. Uh, no, we were. That's not how I remember it. Oh, we were having we were having some issues. I mean, I think she brought some issues up. It was a great thing, you know. I would right. been, at you the time. You like did? Aren't you embarrassed to say that you went to counseling? And I've always thought, no, I'd be embarrassed to say I didn't. I mean, well, yeah. and back then, counseling wasn't. It was more frowned upon because it was more like you have a problem. You're not a good enough person if you need counseling. And now, fortunately, it's people love that people go to counseling and encourage people to go to counseling, which I think is a fabulous thing because I think everybody needs somebody who is outside of situations to help them navigate through situations Uh because they have no... They have no skin in the game, so it doesn't matter to them. They're just going to tell you how to help you get through it. And I think that's a great thing. And But for us, it just wasn't... I don't even know if we ever even told anybody that we went to counseling. I honestly mm-hmm. forgot about it until you mentioned it. But I mean, yeah, there's just... There again, there's things like that, that, he, that as a guy, as the man in the relationship, you're like, well, I mean, where's the girlfriend I had? Where's the wife that we had before we had kids? That's who I want. I want her back. 
And the fact of the matter is that, well, <laughs> you know, and, and I remember her telling us, it's like her, the home is where you're sharing works. She doesn't feel a certain way. She doesn't feel attractive or all that at the house because that's where she works. She's been cleaning all day. She's been bathing the kids. She's been... And I had a full-time job. Yeah, all that other kind of stuff. So that's something that, to me, I needed to be told. I needed somebody to say that. I was like, oh, well, damn, man, that makes sense. I get that. So, I mean, for me, that was probably a turning point. That realization that I wasn't carrying my weight at home. You know, because I felt like, well, I mean, I'm making good money. Do you think that it, it, it you would have had you would have received it the same way if mom would have said that, no, or do you think it's because of somebody? No, we would have thought about it. I wouldn't believe her. Okay, that's yeah, interesting. Hundred percent. Now that's not everything, but that at that time in my life, again, working on it, but not mature, not you know, full of life experience. And no, I probably wouldn't have. Absolutely not. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I do like learning things like that. Well, you know, the people, I think, and probably even you are like, well, you guys have been better together 30 years, but every day is the first time we've done that day, you know? I've never been, right. I've never had a, a, a daughter live in a van. So even though we've had a lot of experience and we are good parents, I've never had somebody come and, and say, hey, I want to go live in a van. Okay. I have no experience with that, even though we've been together 30 years. So things happen all the time. It's, it's the first time that we've done that. So right. we're not experienced in that. Everything, all of our experience behind us, everything that comes in front of us, we're still dealing with for the first time. We've just learned how to deal with them together better. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I was going to ask this later, but I feel like it's a better time to now. Do you think that, uh, not that communication has gotten less important over time, but do you think that there's like a component of knowing each other and trusting each other so you don't have to talk about things as much? Or do you think that you've just lost some of that over time? Or do you think that it's gotten better and easier? Like, do you think that your com communication has improved? Or do you think over time that it could get kind of lost and potentially decline? Does this make sense? I'm giving you multiple no, yeah, options. No, no, no. It makes sense. I mean, I think it's a great question. I think it's almost too easy. It's, I don't know. I don't, sometimes, I mean, lately of the last six months, we probably haven't talked as much as we used to. And, and honestly, I think it's because we're more comfortable and saying, hey, I'm going to watch this show. I'm like, oh. Well, I don't want to watch that, so I'm going to go downstairs and watch a different show. And before you know it, it's time to go to bed. And we always go to bed at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, every night. But, yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's, that's probably something that I don't really care for. But I also don't like Law & Order, so <laughs> I don't want to watch it every night. So And she doesn't want to watch things that I want to watch. So it, it's just, you know, honestly, we probably need to work on it. We took a walk this morning here uh -huh. in Portland, walked for an hour, had a pretty good conversation, honestly, about mm -hmm. some things that we neither one were very happy about. And, okay. and by the time we got back, your mom decided, hey, I'm going to go run. You and I started cleaning the van. And by the time she got back, everything was fine. We you know, felt better, but it's because we talked. Obviously, I'm a huge proponent of talking, of communicating. Yeah. Which I mean, can be awkward, but it's got to be done. Right. But it's funny because I do feel like I'm that way in almost every relationship besides when I'm actually with a partner. Like, I have a hard time saying that kind of stuff to a in a relationship. But when it comes to, like, my friends, my family and everything. I feel like I'm actually pretty outspoken when it comes to like my feelings and wanting to get things out, which is very strange. Yeah. I don't know. But I think it's probably because you don't want to hurt that person's feelings. And you know that if you bring something up or you start to discuss something that it's, it's going to, it's going to be hard or difficult or not. I don't, I don't want to say confrontational because it's not typically how it, I think it goes, it may be a disagreement or whatever, but it's just uncomfortable. And right. I think with your 
with your partner and someone that you love, you don't like doing that. Like you just, well, I think because I've always had friends now that you're talking, I, I am thinking about it. And I, my friends don't care when I say I need alone time, but like, I've never said that to a partner and then be like, great. See you later. Like every partner, including Lee, when I say I need alone time, they're like, well, why? But, but why do you need to get away from me? What's wrong? And I'm always like, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. Like, in, in the most respectful way, don't make this about yourself. Like, <laughs> I need alone time because I want to spend a little Sydney time. It has, I, I, this has nothing to do with getting away from you and getting back to you. But you can say that better. You can say that re- way better than this has nothing to do with you. Yes, it does. If you, if you don't want to be around me and you only want, if you want to be by yourself, that means you don't want to be around me. As a man, that's how I would take that. Which maybe is not how you mean it, but no. you do have half a responsibility to understand how your message is being received. For sure. I'm, I mean, I'm interested because that is how I would communicate it. And in my head, being the one saying it, it sounds okay. So if I said that to you and you perceived it the way that you just said, what do you think would be a better way for me to communicate that? To say just that. Listen, I mean, I really like being around you. I love you. And I want to see you in a couple of days, but I just want to kind of be by myself for a little bit. That's kind of what I do anyway. I'll be back in this amount of time. I'll be back here. Let's plan for Tuesday night. You want to go to a movie? Great. I'm going to leave on Sunday and I'll see you Tuesday. How's that? Awesome. I'm good. Honestly, it's just funny. I see exactly what you're saying, but at the same time, in my distorted head, it sounds the same to me of what I just said. Fair enough. Honestly. I No, and this this is the scary thing is because I agree with you, Sydney. I feel like if I said I need alone time, it doesn't it should be okay. It shouldn't make you feel upset because it doesn't have anything to do with you. But I do I also see the other side of like right. you can't tell him how it should make him feel. Oh, because, absolutely. Right. Because you can't control how but he's the feeling. History is full of Men just can't figure women out. And and that's true. There's just there's there's just differences. And some of us are better than others at that. But then people rarely talk about how women have to figure men out. And now that's really the case. I mean, that's all. I mean, you don't have to. You're not obligated to. But if you want a successful relationship and you want to tell somebody something, you ought to have an idea of how they're going to receive it. And that's not just because they're a man or a woman or anything else. It's you know that person and you should know what they need from you and try to to get there and that goes both ways 100 percent goes both ways absolutely i mean because i could say that to your dad and he would take it the way he just said but there are different things that he would say to me that i would take it a complete different way than what he meant so it is that's just and and we do this a lot even now with weird little things he'll say something and i'll think he's meaning something else and he's like, no, that's not what I meant at all. She tries to figure out what I meant. And I was like, but I was plain as day. and just said it. It didn't need to be deciphered that right. time. Okay, so alone time has always been really important, obviously, yeah. as we're discussing right now. I know it's been important in your marriage specifically. I, I think it's important to both of you, but I'm going to gear this more towards mom because it, it's more important to you. Right. How have you managed in 30 years? We actually discussed this earlier today. That's a tradition that you do every single night. So in that, I want you to talk about that. And then also just what you've done over time to always, like get the alone time that you need. Because like we just said, you don't necessarily communicate it with him always. So how have you managed to get that when you need it, even without having to communicate it? Well, in the beginning, your dad said, you know, he was a fireman and he was gone every third day. So that 
really helped me. And I never even had to say anything or even think anything or even may not have even realized at the time that I, how much I enjoyed that time when he was gone. I mean, I loved <laughs> no, I mean, that's a little offensive. <laughs> no, but, but I, mean, I don't take it that way. No, I because I way, don't mean, I mean it that like, way. I mean, I loved wow. I mean, I we loved had. When he was not there. No, but I mean, it was just kind of, I had that little bit of quiet time when I would put you guys to bed. I could watch what I wanted to watch on TV for however long, an hour, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. I take a bubble bath every night. I have for decades. And that's how I would wind myself down for the day, from the day. I just, you guys would go to bed and I would just go in the bathroom, turn on the radio, have my bubble bath, and it would just really relax me. And I honestly, I sleep better that way. And even if your dad was home, he knew and he didn't care because he would just stay Watch, he watched TV while I, still I do. exactly to this, day. to this day, he watches TV. I go upstairs and I take a bath and I have my little heater. I have my radio. And then we use, we, he's in bed when I come out of the bathroom. And so that just kind of just worked for us. And then over to, and I think he enjoyed his time at the fire station too. So don't act like I was just the whole, because he got to, he kind of. He's saving lives. (laughs) Well, but he also got to hang out with his friends at work and they would work out. But no, I mean, you worked. I enjoyed my job. Yes, you did. Which was fabulous. He is making a lot of sarcastic faces when we all know he liked to have You sat in a recliner a lot facing. No, I didn't. Some. Some, but I mean, he still, regardless whether they were fighting fires or working out or training or doing whatever, he loved what he was doing. Right. So I also knew he enjoyed being at work while I was enjoying being at home. And But the thing is, although the job itself being a fireman is obviously for other people, doing all of those things felt like you were were really doing that for you as well because you felt good doing it, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. I am just playing a little bit. I know, but I'm just saying the point is it's very important for not just to get alone time, but to be doing things for you. Absolutely. And the bubble bath is what you do for you. And while you were at work and doing all of that, even your job now, I mean, you you do that because you enjoy it. I have plenty of me time. And that's what I was going to get to. Over the course of time, I started running. And pretty much the same time I started running, your dad started hunting. And that just kind of evolved into our own alone time. He would go hunting, whether he was with a buddy hunting or sometimes he would hunt on his own. I would run on my own. I would run with friends. So we just, it just naturally evolved into our own alone time. Right. Now I want to put this back on you, dad. Being with someone who is like myself and needs more alone time than probably a lot of people do. How did you learn to accept that and be okay with it? Not even just her needing that alone time, but you do communicate it the way that I do, which is abrasive and rough. We don't have a smooth way of saying things. So how did you learn to manage that? I don't think I ever understood it. And that's probably the the final little lesson is like, I just accepted it. I know that she doesn't mean it in an offensive way. So in my heart, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I know she doesn't mean it that way, but I don't think I have to understand everything and every little thing. She needs her alone time. Okay. I mean, it's not like it's days. It's not like, you know, she's not, hey, I need to be alone with for three days. And again, being gone every third day, a third of our marriage, I mean, we've only been, we've been married 30 years, roughly, together 20. <laughs> I mean, a third of our <laughs> marriage, if I wasn't there, I was at the firehouse. So, you know, 
she needed her alone time. She needed to go take a, a bath at night, and and I encouraged her to start running because she needed to be away. She needed to go do something else, and so she did. And so I just understood it. I just accepted it literally, and just no, oh, I get it. I'm good. So just let her have it if it makes her happy. And now we're to the point where I travel so much for work now since he's retired from the fire department that now we both almost don't like how much I'm gone because I'm almost gone. I'm gone too much. Well, the girls are gone too. Right. And, and, so and you guys are gone. When you're gone and the girls are gone. I'm by myself and you're by yourself and I'm gone. I mean, it's different. It's not like, you're, hey, I got the girls for all day and I just need an hour alone. It's right. kind of lonely now when we're gone, you know, uh-huh. so... Do you think that there's a reason why, and I mean, maybe the answer is just no, and that's it, and we can move on, but my sister, Casey, who's three and a half years older than me, she ended up very much like my dad, and I ended up very much like my mom. Do you think there's any kind of reasoning behind that, like her being an older sister and me being a younger sister? No. Purely genetics. You really think so? She looks, yeah. Yep. She looks like me. It's just what she's, it's what's in her heart. She wanted to be a good parent. She, and that's the crazy thing. My sister looks just like my dad and he, she acts just like my dad. She's much more like physically, like if we go into like the love languages and stuff, she, her, her love language amongst maybe one or two other ones or whatever is physical touch. Like she doesn't, it doesn't bother her or make her uncomfortable when I think to some degree it makes my mom and I both slightly uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. even just like going in to hug a stranger. Like there's very few times where I go in for a hug, even with family, even tonight where it doesn't, the thought at least crosses my mind of just like, Oh, I'm supposed to hug this person. Like I never just think like, Oh my God, I have to go hug them. Unless I'm seeing Katie for the first time in six months. But other than that, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like a, a person would hug this person. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's what I do. So, but you think it's just purely genetics. She ended up like that. Yeah. And I absolutely. And I, well, I don't know if I finished that statement that I say I look just like my mom. Like my sister looks just like my dad acts just like him. I look and act just like my mom. Yeah, Weird. I, think it's, I think that's about all there is to it. I agree. I always thought, I mean, which obviously could 100% be wrong, but like Casey was She's always been very maternal, and I always kind of put that on the fact that she had a little sister. I just remember from a very young age being like, I don't need a third parent. I don't need a third parent. Stop acting like my second mom. And so I feel like she always felt like from the moment I was born and she was holding me as a little girl herself was like, oh, I'm going to take care of this child. And so she always, it was started to be instilled in her over time of like a some like a maternal instinct was in her from a very <clears throat> it was in her to begin with and when she had a little sister she could just it came out she was able to act on it okay but no it was always there I you th- just yeah. you just gave her the the mechanism or the you know the avenue for her to, to show it yeah in my okay. opinion. i think oh absolutely i think she would have been that way if we hadn't had you she would have done that with someone else with another kid around her or something okay i mean she was gonna be that way no matter what Okay. That's so interesting. That's, it's one of those things. I don't know if I've ever said that out loud, but I've always just felt like that's probably why she, I mean, because from the age of 15, she's been in long-term relationships her entire life. Like she's always wanted, like even at 15, she dated a guy for a week and she would be like, I'm marrying him. We're having kids. I want to have 12 kids. I just want to be a mom. I'm going to be a stay at home mom. And I was always like, that is my, not my dream. That is my actual nightmare. (laughs) I I remember when you're teenagers though, or, or, a little younger, always saying, you know, Sydney, you don't have to get so mad at your sister, you know? She's just trying to take care of you. But then you'd always be like, Casey, give it a rest, man. She doesn't need to be told when to brush her teeth and go to bed. We're here. We got it. We're all, it's fine. You know? Yeah. No, I remember that. 
Flora's day. Kind of taking things into another direction. Mother, do you think that having kids in any capacity put your dreams at any sort of standstill? Because I do feel like you've always, like, when you had kids, you took on the role of mother. Like, you've, you've, Right. Every memory that I have in my head of life involves you in some way. Like, even when dad was at the fire station, for some reason, I just have all these memories of Casey not being there either. And I don't know what, like, I don't know if she was probably at her boyfriend's house. But, like, I just remember you and I coming home from track practice every day and being like, okay, what are we having for dinner? Like, I feel like it was a, a large part of my growing up, at least in, like, the middle years, was me and you. Do you think that having kids and putting yourself in that role so much as you did. Because I know even watching working moms, like a lot of them are just like, I mean, I kind of have a kid and I kind of have a job. And like they, you just really took on the responsibility of being a mother and doing like all of the motherly things. Do you think that that put your dreams in any back? Did you ever not regret having kids, but like, did you ever think "Mm, I kind of sacrificed anything? No. I mean, the weird thing was I was very much like you growing up and into college, I never wanted kids. I had no reason to want kids. All I wanted to do was work. I literally wanted a job downtown Manhattan. I'd never been to New York in my life. That's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in a big city, live in an apartment and walk to work. I don't know why. I just thought that that would be super cool. And I never even considered having kids, honestly, until I met your dad. So for me, obviously it was just, I was never with the right person. And he made me want to have kids and having kids. I mean, I loved, I loved every minute of it. I mean, we still talk about how we miss going to soccer games. We miss track Mm -hmm. practices. And, and I did struggle for, for years because I did work so much and you don't remember probably because you were too young. But I mean, I had one job where I would take both of you to work with me on the weekends sometimes because I needed to go to work and get caught up on stuff. And you guys would sit and color and play and do whatever. And if your dad was at the fire station, I had no choice. That's what I had to do. And I mean, I I was always torn between do I work all this time or do I? Both, both podcasts, we got tears. Good night. Where'd this come from? You were coloring a minute ago. No, I love it. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Or do I take care of my kids? But we always need. Didn't you answer the question no, that you didn't feel like you sacrificed anything? No, I, but I don't. I mean, I never thought I did, but I. You had to make the choice. I always felt guilty because I felt like I wasn't as good of a worker as I thought I should be. And I felt like I wasn't as good of a mom as I thought I should be. I've never, I I can't look at my mom without crying while she's crying. So don't get me started. I've just never heard this side of her at all. I've Mm -hmm. never, I've never heard you talk this about this before. (laughs) Because I don't. Honestly, I think pretty much most, most moms who most working mothers, I'm sure feel that way. And now, you know, looking back, I'm like, I'm thrilled when I see Casey do things with Mason that I never did with you guys. Because I think, God, she's such a good mom. And I'm so happy that she is. Because I feel like a lot of the things she does, she didn't learn that from me. Because I worked so much. But but I was always juggling. 
I felt like I was always juggling things. But do you think that she also probably feels that way? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure she does. Like, you probably did do all the things. Like, we went to the zoo. We went to museums. You know what I mean? Like, everything. I don't know anything she's done with Mason that we didn't do as kids. Nothing. So I'm I, gonna, I agree. I don't, I don't know. know. I didn't agree with that statement. That last part. I, no, I, I agree with the feeling. I, I yeah. think I think that you're totally right. right that every mother, every working mother feels that 100% of the time. So I think that you're completely accurate on feeling that way. I'm just saying as your kid and as your husband, two people who were there the whole time wouldn't agree with that feeling of that it's actually true. Well, I'm glad because, I mean, I really did. I felt like for a really long time until I ended up getting a different job that had a little bit more flexible hours. I really was, I really struggled or really felt like I juggled things all the time because I did do the majority of the things with you guys at home because I am a very organized person. So I always had everything done and ready and organized to go. And the older you guys got, I never could understand why people thought babies were so difficult And to this day, I still don't because you take a baby to daycare if you're working. If the baby goes to daycare, it doesn't go anywhere until you pick it up. As your kids get older and are involved in sports or activities or whatever, which you want them to do, you're constantly, somebody has to go to practice. Somebody has to get picked up. Somebody needs snacks. I loved every minute of it, but I felt bad if I thought, gosh, I probably should have worked a little longer today, or I probably should have done this for work. Like I said, I just felt like a lot of times... I should have been a better employee and I should have been a better better mom at the same time. Is that, do you think that like, because I think a lot of people look at it as just comedy. I know being not a mom, I do like at a movie, like bad moms, where it's like, from your perspective, you might actually think like, wow, that's so accurate because she feels that way. A hundred percent. There's their moms are expected to do a million things. And this is not to in any way shorthand my dad who also did one thousand things oh, to he help did. I mean, I can't imagine single mothers. I can't even imagine because I thought I was killing myself and I had somebody who helped tremendously. And yes, I love the movie Bad Moms because I was like, that <laughs> that is exactly how it is. Yeah. Just pulled in a million different directions. That's fascinating. I love uncovering some layers during <laughs> podcast. This is what we're here to do. Okay. Help the people. Okay. We'll wrap up from there then. I know that it's an obvious and cl- kind of cliche question, but because we're talking about relationships so much, I would love for you guys to give any form of advice. And I do want you to keep the realness that we've got going right now <laughs> of like, don't just give some like communicate with your partner. Like what would you tell someone in your shoes? And what would you tell your the partner who's having to deal with that other person? Does that make sense? Okay. Are we talking about having a family or just between no, two people? No, it's a relationship. It, yeah, this is a partnership people. between you and mom. Okay. Just uh, give advice to a partner. I just am a big, be open and honest person. And the sooner, this this is the same in business too. The sooner you confront something, the sooner you pop that blister. The so, don't let it, you don't let pressure build up. Everybody just made a horrible face. I well, didn't feel well, it. You have to kind of pop. I mean, just don't let it build. Don't let pressure build. Don't let bad feelings fester. Don't, you know, do all those things. Confront it calmly. Sure. And the thing is, people think, oh, I'm not, I don't want to confront it because I'm not confrontational. Confrontational doesn't have to be adversarial. This is not an argument. It doesn't have to be a, uh, hey, I'm mad at you. It's a, hey, this is, and it also doesn't have to be at the dining room table. Right. It can be you know, laying down in bed or watching TV or taking a walk today. 
But do you think, I, I, I really would love to hear advice from someone who's on the opposite end of things as a person who does struggle with communicating. Like it, it is much easier said than done to be like, no, you need to be open and honest and say those things. If I'm sitting on the couch thinking of something and it's really bothering me, what do you think the best way for a person like myself would be to, I can't force myself to just open my mouth and start a conversation that's not already happening. So what do you think the best way is for someone to communicate that has trouble doing so? I mean, if you're in a relationship and you can't confide in them and you, you're uncomfortable going to them and, and having a conversation, you might be in the wrong relationship. I don't think that's what she means. It's more like if I'm having a problem with you or you've upset me, but I'm afraid to say something to you about it just because I don't want I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to make you mad. I don't want to make you feel bad. Like put yourself in the other person's shoes it is hard for that person right. to talk. It, it, they can love them. I could be perfect. I, I can confide in Lee a thousand percent. But when it comes to a problem, I feel towards him. I have a hard time opening my mouth to get that initial sentence out to start the conversation. Right. Because you think about it a hundred times and you can be sitting next to them so many different times. and You think, okay, I'm going to talk about it right now. I'm going to talk about it right now in your head. And then you just don't because you're just like, no, I can't do it. Again, I mean, I'm just kind of coming up this for the moment, but I think what I would do is when there's not a problem, when everything is fine, then approach the person and say, hey, listen, everything's going so well. There are times when I have a hard time starting a conversation and how, you know, how can I do that? How would that, how would you best receive starting that conversation? Should I ask you a question or, you know, maybe the time to have a conversation is before there's a problem. I think that's what I was about to say. It sounds like, I guess, at the beginning of any relationship, or I don't want anyone hearing this if they haven't done it to think that, you know, the ship has sailed, but like to sooner the better, instead of saying, I'm, I'm saying this because there is a problem to just say, hey, so when there is a problem in this relationship, what's the best way for me to come to you? Because right now I'm having a hard time doing that if there ever was. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah or even just saying, I think even neutralizing it to be like, I'm just not the type of person who can ever speak up. I'm having like, I've always had a hard time doing that. It's not you. It's not this relationship. So like, what's the best way to approach you? But here's the thing. I think you might also, if you have that approach, if you take that approach, you're almost giving away a little bit of power to that other person. It's like, how can I best approach you? What's okay with you for me to say? I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, I would just tell them like, look, I, I want to be able to open, have an open conversation with you. I'd be completely open. So how, you know, how do you receive that kind of stuff? How do you take it? Because I don't want to hurt your feelings. I certainly don't want, this is all going so well. I don't want to jeopardize our relationship, but if I need some alone time, can I just tell you that? Or, or is it better if we just kind of Maybe you should have conversations about things that aren't a problem. Aren't a com you know, maybe you should just be honest about, let's talk about what show we're going to watch or, you know, tell you, be honest about what you want for dinner that night or how you want to spend a Saturday. And you just kind of build that honesty and that communication over things that aren't really that important. And then when the things that are important need to be brought up, it sh should be easier. That's know? a good idea. I like that. That's good advice. Thank you. Yeah. And I, what a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and I think too, part of it, through all of our years, like we told you in the beginning, no matter what kind of discussions we've had, disagreements or whatever, we never thought that oh, we're just going to go our own separate ways. Like we're not going to work this out. We're not going to we're not going to make this work. That just was never an option. The option was always to make it work. But I do think having the conversations before it is it escalates into a big problem 
regardless of how uncomfortable you are, is far better than letting it escalate until the day that you're so where he does just one little thing that would never have made me mad before. But now I'm already mad about all these other things that I never mentioned. And I just let it kind of go. And then he does one thing out of the blue and I just blow up and he has no idea even why. Right. So do you think that that would be your biggest advice is to just never allow going your separate ways to really even be on the table in in a healthy relationship worth, worth fighting for? Absolutely. If you truly deep down love that person and know that's who I want to grow old with. I mean, your dad and I have talked forever about, you know, oh, you know, it'll be so nice to be sitting on our front porch in our rockers when we're old and or. You what know, an original thought. <laughs> well, that's, I mean. Be knitting, I'll be whittling. <laughs> we, did, we used to say that. Now we're to the point where like, okay, as we get older, it'll be nice to be able to travel more and do this and, you know, go hiking and do all these things. And, and it's always, we want to do these things together. And mm-hmm. we, when we talk about sometimes going places separately, where, you know, if I'm at work and going to go somewhere and he's like, oh, you're going to go to such and such a state or city, you should go see this. I'm always like, I don't really want to go when I don't usually have time. But it's like, because I like to experience things with him. I want to talk to him about what I'm seeing or what I'm doing or whatever. And mm-hmm. I want him to be there with me. Right. And just like Disney World, we all know how much I love Disney. And we've talked about before, would I go by myself? Yeah, I would go by myself and I would have a great time. I would still like it, but I would far rather him be with me because we have so much fun together. To me, it's just about family. It's family first. The sooner the better. When you're in a relationship, if you can look at it as not two of you in a relationship, but one, just there's just, it's it's the two of you against the world. And then if you're blessed enough and fortunate enough to have a a baby, then it's the three of you against the world or the four of you. Or dogs. Or dogs. dogs. But I think it's important that you're saying, like, while saying that, that you've, you've built a family of your own. You didn't necessarily, you were not given the greatest family. Love, love them. To death, right. But you, you weren't, didn't come from the most stable of backgrounds. And so I think it's important for people who may be either in those circumstances now or have come from them and are alone to know that when you say family is everything, you're also saying that you can build that yourself 100% no matter what your background is. Well, it's our family. Yeah, it's right. the four of us against everybody else. And then now the six of us with, with you know, our son-in-law and our grandstead. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we just put the put the unit first in front of everybody and everything else, period. And then when times get tough, you you rely on them. You lean on them. Mm-hmm. You, know? you lean on the fact that it's this is not just if we got in an argument. It's just not me and you. It's me and you and Sydney and Casey. You know, it's all four of us. We're not going to jeopardize what we've all have, what we've all built. Right. Because I'm right fighting or, you know, mad about whatever. That stuff comes and goes. Families forever. That sounds really cliche, but I believe it. Yeah. Okay. So last question. Do you think that you have it figured out? Do you think that you are any kind of masters of relationships? 30 years, you know, you get like this sticker award. (laughs) You get to stay on the wedding dance floor until they say that. You know what I mean? When they're like, everybody, if you haven't been together for five years, get off the dance floor 10 years. You know what I mean? So you hit 30 years. you got a whole nother dance to do. Oh, absolutely. So do you think that you have it figured out? Nope. Not Not even a little bit. (laughs) Love that. Positivity. Keeping it. No, because no, we're still working on it. Yeah. I'm being sarcastic, let's chill, but keep going. Yeah, we're still, I mean, we're still, um, 
We're working on it every day. We work on it. We don't have anything figured out. Something could pop up tomorrow that would frustrate me or whatever. But I mean, we can rely on the experience we have of working through things. And we know we've, we've worked through enough things that we'll work through this. That's not a problem. So it's never like we're not going to get through it. And we've been through times even when, you know, just money or jobs or whatever. There's right. been tons of stuff like that we've got through. So there's nothing we can't get through. But have we, do we have it figured out? Heck no. You know, that's the best part. Right. The best part is we don't know because I we because don't you never know. Like he said, every day is not the same. I mean, tomorrow, yeah, you or Casey could call and say, "Oh my gosh, I have this problem, or I need this, or whatever," or and, have something great, right? Know? So now we're it's, good. You know, we just know we can lean on each other and and get through whatever it is. And most of it's good at this point. We've worked hard a long time to mm-hmm. make it good. Absolutely. And so now we're just right. enjoying what we've worked on so long. Do you think, uh, going back to what you said earlier about how for a period of time, especially when you're having kids, things get very boring, mm-hmm. do you think that this is on the other side of that? Or even now, just kind of having evolved into the conversation, do you think even then things were at least changing enough? Or was it just like you went through a very repetitive, boring time and now you're going through something different? I think it's just about maturity. I think that time when things were getting boring is because you didn't appreciate. I didn't appreciate. Anymore. I never remember being bored. Where we were going. You're busy. I didn't appreciate <laughs> exactly. the uh, the absolute, just the growth of the family and all the things that were happening. And so I just felt bored and I really shouldn't have. I mean, and, you know, I don't know if that's right or not. But but I do. I think a lot of people feel that way, not just husbands. I think right. women get very bored as well. I mean, there are affairs on both sides sure. often because both sides just get bored. But I, and I've always thought that we both, we owe it to each other to keep that from happening. Uh-huh. So we try and do, we do fun things. We try, you know, I don't know if they're all fun, but we try to make them fun. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just think it's maturity. And then there's no, there's just no substitute for life experience. There's no, you know, you just can't rush time. And that sounds terrible, but it's just a fact. And you said something about affairs. In our minds, there was never an option. I mean, we just, it's always us together. And you just have to trust each other and try to support each other. Does it feel like it's been 30 years? Like, is it like every bit of 30 years or does it feel like it's flown by? Flown by for me. I, I look at like you it's... like you're going to, I mean, it's, no. She came to the firehouse two weeks ago and said, you're going to be a daddy. <gasps> That's how that happened? Yeah. Oh, where, was that, card. where was that story? I don't know. She gave me a card. But yeah, that no, that just yeah, happened. That was with Casey. You're going to make her cry again. <laughs> that's that was a good. We're one. crushing it. Yeah. No, that was. I mean, that's just. It's. It's crazy. I wouldn't say. I think it's flown by. Do it all again in a second. Sign me up uh, right now. Our wedding was like fabulous. I loved it. We had so much fun. Casey's was better. Casey's was far better. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to pay for that one. So no, we're you guys didn't have to pay for your own. All good. Been a pleasure of my life right here. Oh, thanks, honey. With tears in her eyes. I, I get so mad at anyone who I have on the podcast and they just can't help themselves but to hit whatever the microphone is on. But this might have been the worst one yet. So congratulations. <laughs> she's in like Radio City Music Hall or something. You got to fake it till you make it, hun. We're sitting in an Airbnb and <laughs> sweating. Portland, Oregon, sweating like we're in a sauna. Because we can't figure and out. We can't touch that. this table. A prima donna. What's her Instagram? You guys want me to pay for your retirement homes in a few years? Then let me do this podcast with quality. (laughs) Let me give it to the people, okay? (laughs) 
Okay, we are going to have to figure out this air conditioning now, so I'm going to go. I'm literally dying. I hope you enjoyed this. I think it was interesting just for myself and for the two of you just to learn things about each other. And like I said at the beginning, to be coming out of Lee and I's podcast, which I think is equally as honest and real and a different kind of perspective, but to hear what makes success and what makes a successful relationship. And after getting the feedback that I got from Lee and I's podcast, more people responded in relationships saying, oh my God, I never thought about couples therapy until you guys mentioned it. Or, you know, I don't know, more people just responded to things having been in relationships, which is not what I was anticipating. So I think actually speaking to two people in one for so long probably would be very helpful for all of those people. Hopefully. Hopefully it was. Yeah, I hope so. Did you guys like it? I loved it, honey. Thank you so much. Oh, you are too welcome. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to go figure out the AC. And I hope you enjoyed this. Love you guys so much. Oh, favorite book. I'm sorry, I almost forgot. I might have already recommended this on a different episode, but we're circling back. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I started it and I didn't read it. And now I'm reading it starting tomorrow, for sure. But I mean, everyone's heard of this book by now. It's blown up. Do you have a book recommendation, either of you? Uh, I'm reading Fortitude right now by Dan Crenshaw. And I think it's so far a fantastic book. It's all about leadership and being the man that you want to be. Perfect. Mom? No, sorry. You like uh, Eat, Go, Run or Eat, eat and Run, Go and Run? Oh, um, Scott. Dirt Diva. Diva has a book out. Okay, um, can you just at least help re- a girl? Reborn on the Run, no. I oh. think is the name of okay. it. What was the name of the book that I couldn't even think of just now? Eat to Run, I think was the name of it. I don't think that's right. I'll put it in the description of the podcast. <laughs> okay, Dirt Diva's book. What What is her book? Reborn on the Run. Okay, it's for runners. And her name is Katra. Yes. Perfect. Also, follow Dirt Diva on Instagram. Why not? Okay, so whatever um, platform you listen to the podcast on, please subscribe or follow or whatever option it gives you. It does help me greatly. Leave a review on iTunes if that's what you're listening on, because that also helps me greatly. And as always, I always tell you guys to email me because it really makes me so happy when I get emails in response to different podcasts and what you guys are thinking, because it makes me know if this is horrible or if it's going well, because <laughs> it's kind of hard to gauge on my own when I'm sweating at a table with my parents. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, love you guys. And I will talk to you next week.